Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Hello again, everybody. Welcome to Gamecock Central Radio. Emerson Phillips with Wes Mitchell here to talk about the Gamecocks' overtime loss in the Birmingham Bowl to South Florida. 46-39, the final in overtime yesterday in Birmingham, Alabama. Wes, and missed opportunities for the Gamecocks. Carolina with a great comeback effort, tied it up late, but lost it in overtime, Wes. Yeah, you know, I think, um, you know, it's very easy to sort of look at the two sides of the coin here, so to speak, and I think you have to, A, sort of acknowledge the fact they did come back. They were you know, I think there were probably multiple times in that game where it appeared it might be over, uh, but they were able to uh, just sort of keep battling, keep scratching, and found a way to get it tied up there at the end when, you know, I think probably when it was an 18-point game and, uh, you know, and then they fumbled down there at the goal line again, I think the opportunity or the chances of them winning that game were very, very low at that point. So uh, for them to sort of get – you know, get back in the game and then tie it up, I thought was very, very impressive. Uh, you know, I, and then the the other side of it, though, is just that, okay, this was clearly a winnable game. And I, I think um, South Carolina can point to several uh, just miscues where, where they're going to say, you know, if if things were a little bit different, you know, maybe they win. Um, you know, I, I thought one of the big ones was actually one of those early sort of, um, I guess, pooch kickoffs, for lack of a better word. Um, you know, it South Carolina it bounces. South Carolina's defender has an excellent shot at the ball, goes uh, right through his hands. You know that that could have been an early play that turns the game. Uh, you know, I, I think there were several, uh, or at least a couple of fumble opportunities like that. Uh, you know, where maybe a ball bounces straight back to a South Florida player, um, and he recovers it. Uh, you know, then you know I, I think you look at uh, the end of the half situation. South Carolina sort of had a chance to basically do the you know the football version of two for one where you're getting the ball to start the second half and you know South Florida sort of um, I guess gets themselves in a fourth and three and you know you you can give up the first down on that play because there's less than 15 seconds to go in the game and South Carolina doesn't get any pressure and then jumps a, a shorter route and lets a guy get behind them. Uh, you know, to me, that that was just a killer because South Carolina, South Carolina had very few, uh, you know, possessions of that game where they weren't down by two scores. Uh, so if you get a stop there, you're starting the half, you know, down by one score. Uh, so just uh, just miscues like that, I thought were the difference. But the, the other side of that, as you look at this game, you're like, okay, this is a ten and two South Florida team with a very very dynamic. Um, quarterback running back combo um 87 the receiver i thought it was very good too and south carolina's right there with i mean that, that's a winnable game they were 10 point underdogs so that was a very winnable game that they uh were not able to make enough plays to win two fumbles inside the south florida five yard line one by rico dowdle the other by aj turner and jake bentley threw a pick six in the second half as well you talked about the uh 
the free football on the Gamecock kickoff that South Carolina had a chance to recover but just got away. And, you know, you don't have to look very far west. And as I'm listening to you talk, you know, I'm going through all the plays, all the chances that the Gamecocks had. You know, if you swing one play, the outcome of this game could have been different. But the bottom line is South Florida found a way to win it, and the Gamecocks missed some opportunities. And uh, that'll be something that the Gamecocks carry with them throughout the offseason here, Wes. But nevertheless, uh, an outstanding offensive performance by the Gamecocks. 77 plays, 481 yards. Jake Bentley set a couple of Birmingham Bowl records and University of South Carolina Bowl records with uh, 32 completions. And he threw for 390 yards and 390 yards is the seventh-best passing performance in Gamecock history. So here we are at the end of Jake Bentley's freshman year, and we're starting to get a glimpse into the potential that this young, this young man's got and the kind of numbers that the Gamecock passing attack might be able to produce moving forward. Yeah, you know, I, I thought, uh, you know, Bentley would, have a, Bentley would probably tell you himself there's a, th- a few throws he wants back, but um, he also threw some absolute dimes. You know, the uh, and, and even some of his incompletions, man, were just uh, incredible. The... Uh, you know, the the fourth down and about two on a little out to Hayden Hurst that Hurst couldn't quite haul in. Uh, you know, he's throwing that off balance uh, to a covered Hayden Hurst, and he finds a way to put the ball in a spot where only Hurst had a shot. Uh, you know, the two-point conversion throw uh, that did convert was outstanding to give him a chance. Um, even, you know, the first throw at the beginning of South Carolina's possession in overtime to Brian Edwards down the middle where Edwards uh, – you know, sort of got tangled up with the defender. Uh, that was a big time throw as well. And, and then you have some sort of just moxie plays. You know, the uh, uh, I mean, let's call it what it was. There was a little bit of a flop on that one uh, uh, personal foul that Bentley drew, where uh, the South Florida guy sort of wrapped him up a little bit. The whistle had blown, and and Bentley sort of uh, rolled to the ground. Uh, the kid. I mean, that to me, that's the most impressive thing about Jake Bentley. Is how advanced he is as a player. He, he's not—he's a freshman, but he's not really a freshman out there. He makes veteran plays, and you know we're only going to see him get better uh, moving forward. West Gamecock redshirt sophomore receiver Debo Samuel had a record-setting day as well. Fourteen catches for 190 yards in this Birmingham Bowl. He also set the bowl record for all-purpose yards. And Debo was clearly the Gamecocks MVP yesterday. West, he had an incredible ball game. Yeah, you know Debo Debo is great. He's he's been great, but I think you're. You've seen the final half of the season what a healthy Debo Samuel can do, and uh, you know the thing about Debo Samuel is that the first defender, um, you can probably count on one hand the time that the first defender to him has made a clean tackle this season. Uh, he, you know, I think Muschamp described it as he's a running back once you get the football. Yeah. Well, you know they get him the ball in space, and it doesn't even it doesn't matter if the defender has him you know, sort of broken down or not, Debo is going to at least push forward. Most of the time he's going to make that guy miss. So, uh, you know, he's he's a big weapon for them. I think next year, I think one of the, you know, Muschamp talks a lot about um, analytics and self-scouting. You know, they did a great job of getting him the football, uh, you know, in the Birmingham Bowl. I think this offseason you sort of say, okay, what, what are even more ways we can do to increase – Debo Samuel's uh, output and ability to, to get the football in his hands because as many times as he can touch it, you know, you're, you're going to be better off for, for South Carolina. And I, I thought that, you know, there was kind of a little interesting chess match there with South Carolina and the USF defense. That, that was not a good defense. And I, I think um, South Carolina sort of figured out in the middle of the, about the middle part of the game, you know, for that stretch, 
they just had pitch and catch anytime they wanted it. Um, with Debo on that sort of comeback route and uh, with Hayden Hurst sort of just settling down underneath. Um, and then I thought South Florida adjusted and started bringing some different zone pressures that South Carolina sort of struggled to pick up. And then South Carolina adjusted and started throwing some screens into those blitzes that worked very, very well. So it, it was a little bit of a chess match, um, you know, between the USF defense and the South Carolina offense. And, you know, I think ultimately the, the offensive line for South Carolina was not as bad as they have been. But I think ultimately, um, you know, I actually got a text from a, a high school coach that's a Carolina fan, and he said, uh, how, how fitting that the season ends on a sack. Um, I said, well, that's a good point. Um <laughs> That, that, I mean, as we sort of look forward, I, I know we said we wanted to look forward a little bit too today, Emerson. Um, we, we probably, I mean, how many times have we talked about the offensive line on the podcast this season? Uh, the offensive line, if South Carolina is going to contend for an SEC East, the offensive line has to get better. A lot of positives from the Gamecock offense yesterday. Debo Samuel, obviously the headliner with the huge day receiving with the 14 grabs, 190 yards. But Wes, uh, Turnovers doomed the Gamecocks. There's no question about that. Five turnovers for the Gamecocks in this ball game. Two Bentley interceptions and three lost fumbles, and uh, that will overshadow you know what otherwise was a very good offensive performance by the Gamecocks. Uh, five sacks. Bentley was sacked five times in the bowl game. West and the rushing attack. 34 carries for 91 yards. And you know to me, uh, this speaks to the offensive line play. And I know we've talked about it all year. Gamecock fans are probably tired of hearing about it, but. You know, the season ended on a sack, like you said, and that was, you know, sort of a synopsis of the entire year, a microcosm of the season, if you will. Wes, I thought it was interesting, you know, the Gamecocks do get this game into overtime with the late touchdown and the two-point conversion, and uh, South Carolina now 1-3 and three all-time in overtime games. Overtime hasn't been good to the Gamecocks over the years, but I thought it was a good experience for these young football players. You know, I think it's something that the freshman class in particular – can build on going forward. You got to figure the Gamecocks get in overtime at some point, you know, in the next couple of years with Bentley and Dowdle and AJ Turner and and this young group of uh, offensive players in particular. And having the experience of an overtime game could benefit them if they get in that situation at some point down the road. Yeah, you know, I think if you're this team um, and you're the, this young nucleus coming back, you sort of just have to. You got to remember the taste of the end of this season. You you've had. You've had two games, you know, Emerson, that, that have gone, that have finished in about as uh, excruciating way as possible in that you, A, never want to get just humiliated and blown out like South Carolina did at Clemson, and B, you never want to lose a heartbreaker either where you can look back and say, if this play is different, if that play is different, if we've done this, we've done that, um, you know, nobody wants to experience that. So, you know, if, if I'm this team, I, I think you, you have to hold on to that. You have to use that as your motivation all off season, And you say, uh, you know, we, we're going to take the next step next year. And, I, you know, I, I think there's confidence in that locker room. I've heard a little bit of feedback from after the game. You know, there's confidence in that locker room that South Carolina can get it done with this young nucleus. Now, you know, I, I think the – the big thing is to go into the offseason with that mindset. And uh, for, for Muschamp and the staff, obviously Muschamp's got to hire an offensive line coach. And then they got to go to recruit their you-know-what's off for these final basically three weeks of uh, contact period and, uh, and, and complete this uh, class on a positive note. 
46-39, South Florida over South Carolina in the Birmingham Bowl. South Florida wraps up the year 11-2. and That's a school record, most wins in a single year for South Florida. Gamecocks finish up at 6-7 and and will be scratching their heads a little bit uh, throughout the offseason, looking back on what could have been in this bowl game. Gamecocks had an opportunity to finish over 500, but the five turnovers sealed South Carolina's fate here. Wes, let's turn our attention now to moving forward. we got uh, the offseason coming up here, and, uh, just because there will be no games does not mean it's exactly a downtime for Gamecock football. You talked about the next three weeks, very important for recruiting, with signing day coming up on February 1st. First order of business for Muschamp is to go land an offensive line coach. That's something he'll be doing in the next, uh, you know, really the next week or two. Then I, I think you have to look towards, um, uh, I believe January 12th is when the dead period ends and recruiting begins again. And, you know, you bring in official visits, you basically, it, it, it boils down to three weeks of recruiting is what it is. And you're on the road seeing most, you know, seeing your guys. You you know, coaches can drop by once a week. So your top guys, you're seeing them every week during the week. And then on the weekend, you're, you're bringing in official visitors. So you got three weekends of official visitors to sort of finish out your class. And, you know, South Carolina, it appears, will sort of aim at that January 13th official visit weekend to, to bring in – they're guys that are already committed and sort of let them, you know, if, if a guy's committed, your official visit is much more about just getting the family in, letting letting the parents meet the other incoming players' parents. Um, and it's more about, hey, well, this is how you get registered for classes. This is where you're going to live. Um, you know, you start actually talking about playbook some and, you know, basically this is what you need to do in the next few months to get ready. Now, on the other hand, if the guy's not committed, it's much more about sort of that recruiting pitch. Um, this is why we need you. This is how we're going to use you. This is how we can show your talents and stuff like that. So um, those final three weeks will, will all include official visits during those weekends. And, of course, um, that final weekend before National Signing Day on that Wednesday, that's that weekend where maybe you, know, maybe you get in a, a guy like Javon Kenlaw He's currently planning to visit the junior college guy that was committed at one time. It's never a bad thing to have that final weekend before the Wednesday because, you know, let, let's be honest, people can be, uh, you know, especially young people can, can be influenced. And uh, if you're the last, you're the last group to sort of uh, meet with them and get them on campus, that always gives you a little bit of a boost. So I, I think it'll be something that'll be fun for, our fans there on Gamecock Central to, to sort of participate and, uh, and watch play out. All right, the Gamecocks got a long offseason coming up here and we're going to continue to talk about recruiting. Obviously, that'll be a real priority here, particularly in the next three weeks until we get to signing day on February the 1st. Wes, uh, talk about areas of need for the Gamecocks. You know, pass rush has been a problem since Clowney left a couple of years ago and the Gamecocks just really did not have a disruptive force in the opponent's backfield really all year, and I think that was evident yesterday in the bowl loss to South Florida. So uh, pass rush will be a premium uh, for South Carolina and a priority in terms of recruiting. So talk about uh, you know, who the Gamecocks might be able to bring in to help the pass rush. I know they've got a few players committed already that may be able to help to that end, but talk about other areas of need for South Carolina football as we look to recruiting. Yeah, I think it, uh, it definitely – you have to look at pass rush. You have to look at um, Brad Johnson – uh, you know, I, I think South Carolina has a good shot to ultimately land over Tennessee and Virginia Tech. He's the defensive end from Pendleton. 
probably plays the buck for South Carolina, that hybrid position. And then, you know, I, I think, uh, you know, if you want to talk about maybe a little bit of a little bit of a pipe dream, but a guy they have a shot at, I guess, to an extent, would be Robert Bill. Uh, he's a defensive end committed to Georgia right now, a four-star guy that's going to officially visit South Carolina January 13th. Um, you know, it, it seemed publicly to sort of come out of nowhere, but, you know, South Carolina actually had him on campus this uh, this summer on an unofficial visit. He's always sort of like T-Rob and Muschamp. And, you know, that's the thing. There, Anybody that's a elite pass rusher, South Carolina's going to have a great story to tell. So, um, you know, it, it's always easy when you can sell – playing time and, and South Carolina certainly can point to that so then you know I, I think it goes hand in hand with this offensive line hire it's hard to maybe pinpoint particular guys on the offensive line because it's such a developmental position any coach is going to have their own their own things they sort of look at more than others but uh, you know I, I think it's going to be important for South Carolina to make that offensive line hire and then find out who he wants to pinpoint uh, to fill some final spots because I, I think that'll be huge for the land a couple of offensive tackles. Maybe maybe if you can find a JUCO guy you like on the offensive line, you go that direction. I don't know if that's going to be possible because it's so late in the process. But, um, you know, if that is possible, I, I think that you maybe look to that idea. Um, and, uh, you know, J- Jordan Rhodes is a kid out of Georgia that they've already sort of uh, decided to bring out on official visit. I'm, I'm very, very high on this guy, Emerson. He, he's only played one year of football. He's a basketball background, incredibly athletic, um, raw, obviously. But to me, with, with offensive linemen, you, you've got to find, you know, all, all the experience in the world doesn't matter if you don't have the athleticism to match up there on the outside with some of these defensive ends you have to face week to week in major college football. And I think that's been a big issue for South Carolina. So I, I think you just have to, if you're looking at an overall sort of mindset, the next couple of recruiting classes, I think South Carolina just has to, in general, upgrade athleticism overall and upgrade speed because you look at some of these problems in kickoff coverage and punt, re- and punt coverage. Um, watch when South Carolina kicks off where that group of sort of guys running down to make the tackles. Watch where they are on the yard, on the field, what yard they're at, and then compare it to an Alabama or a Clemson or a Florida. Uh, and you'll very quickly see that South Carolina is sort of lacking that team speed. And when you lack depth overall, that trickles down to your special team. So I, I think that's been a big issue for South Carolina this year. All right, signing day coming up Wednesday, February the 1st, and then we'll have six or seven weeks until the start of spring football for South Carolina. And then we'll start the countdown again to the start of another regular season. Gamecocks will open the 2017 season on Saturday, September the 2nd in Charlotte against the North Carolina State Wolfpack. Home games in conference this year for South Carolina in 2017 against Kentucky, Arkansas, Vanderbilt, and Florida. Tough away slate for the Gamecocks in the SEC in 2017 at Missouri, at Texas A&M, at Tennessee, at Georgia. The non-conference opponents will be NC State and Charlotte to open the year, home against Louisiana Tech and Wofford, and home against Clemson to wrap up the year on Saturday, November the 25th. So, Wes, we close the book on the 2016 season, the first year of the Will Muschamp era. Very young Gamecock football team this year, and you know one that's definitely got some good pieces uh, looking ahead to 2017 and beyond. So, tough way to end the year for the Gamecocks with that loss to South Florida and the Birmingham Bowl, but I think Gamecock fans feel pretty good about the direction of the program right now. Absolutely, and, uh, you know, I, I hope that everyone listening will 
uh, stick with us right there on Gamecock Central Emerson and uh, sort of go through this journey with us because it's a journey. It's going to be there will be twists and turns, uh, you know, heading into National Sign Day, but it should be fun too. All right, we'll keep an eye on who the Gamecocks will be bringing in on signing day, February the 1st, and we'll have plenty of coverage on recruiting and a whole lot more for you here on Gamecock Central West. We appreciate the job you do, man. Thanks for your time. Thanks, Emerson. Have a good New Year, man. All right, thank you. Same to you, Wes. That's Wes Mitchell. I'm Emerson Phillips, and this is Gamecock Central Radio. Thanks for being with us. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Turns and conditions apply.